is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis. The Dallas Cowboys select Ezekiel Elliott. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, we welcome you to the Saturday edition of the Draft Show, coming to you live from the uh, 2018 NFL Combine. Uh, this is our last show uh, uh, here in Indianapolis, so uh, we will try and uh, put a nice big bow on it uh, for everybody out there. We had the uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends work today, uh, the big money positions that, uh, well, I mean, some tight ends maybe can made some money today with mm-hmm. the way they were running bit. out there. But uh, as, as always, I got my scouting buddies, uh, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, Kent Garrison, executive producing. I want to open the show tonight with, though, a little bit of sad news. And um, we kind of talked about this last night. And this is something that from the experience that we've, we've learned here at the Combine. We talked about this as a possibility, and it tends to happen when medical are involved. And really, for the Combine, the most important things for these teams are the medical checks. You know, they, they need to find out about these players, the health of these players. Something that I was worried about last night, I think we were all kind of worried about, is is there going to be a guy pop up? Is there something going to happen that's going to allow, that's uh, not going to allow someone to potentially not live their NFL dream? Now, again, we're, you know, we'll, we'll need to see what all the, uh, the tests lead to, but as we get into more information, Maurice Hurst, the uh, very talented Defensive tackle, uh, the under tackle, three technique from Michigan, uh, we're hearing from reports, uh, has a heart condition. And so uh, kind of running some things down. Adam Schefter had it today. And then I, you know, we were just kind of thinking about, my gosh, here we talked about it last night. And now we have a situation like that. But uh, um, the thoughts are, though, that Hurst is going to have to, uh, they came. They found the condition. He's going to have to run some more tests. Uh, if you know, the tests are going to determine whether uh, he, in fact, can continue his career uh, playing football. So for a, uh, a young man that Dane Brugler in his first mock draft had coming to the Dallas Cowboys at 18. Right. I think I, I know I had him on the board at, at the first round. I believe Dane had him on the first round. Mm-hmm. David, you'd seen him before. But, uh, again, uh, Talk about him, Dane. Talk about the the we, the, the, the fear we had of being here at the combine. That something like this was going to happen, and lo and behold, it happened last night. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because this is something that's potentially career-ending. Um, you know, not to be that's not to be over dramatic or anything. It just it's a serious issue, and this isn't a precaution. It's a it's a it's something that teams are really worried about. So. First and foremost, you just hope the best for him as a person. Um, you know, he can live a normal life, and it's not anything that's going to, you know, hinder that. But then secondary, his football career. What's right. Gonna, what's going to happen? Um, you know, he's going to get second and third opinions, uh, you know, from the best opinions out there. Uh, and it, it, try to figure this out. It, and, you know, we have, this happened in, what, 2013 with Star Lele. Right. Uh, when he had a heart condition here at the Combine, uh, didn't work out. Got a second opinion and was cleared, and the Panthers took a mid-first round. So this by no means rules out Maurice Hurst from uh, draft consideration at 19 or for any team for that matter. But at this point, we just hope for the best because this is a guy who is trained and dreamt of this opportunity. And uh, unfortunately, he was told he needs to go home because something serious could happen. Yeah, he's not going to work out tomorrow. As Dane said, he has left the the combine. David just... uh 
You know, unfortunate bit of news. I mean, but, you know, the thing that I, again, you got some of the best doctors, some of the best men and women doctors in the country here in Indianapolis all together under one roof. And then you've got all these batteries of battery of tests that they run, MRIs and, you know, EKGs and everything that they could do to these players. And, you know, they found this and, and, and you know, I believe very fortunately that he can now, they could say, hey, you've got this condition. We need to run more tests. So he now, I mean, it's it's not so much about football. It's about it's about your health is what it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, echoing Dane, everything, everything Dane just said, I mean, you want the best for him health-wise, first of all. I mean, geez, you know, nothing's more important than your health and your life, obviously. Um, selfishly, not to detract from that at all, but it's just kind of like one of the themes for this week is you just, like, keep – taking names off the board of options at 19 yeah. for the Cowboys. I yep, mean, that's very true. Started the week off with Stephen Jones saying nose tackle, maybe not so much. Um, we, we've talked ad nauseum about how guys like Calvin Ridley, Roquan Smith uh, probably won't last that long. You're kind of far down the board for some of these blue chip prospects. And then uh, a guy that did make sense, you know, they love three techniques. Uh, the guy you know, that very well could have been there. Yeah. And, and I think Dane's mock was absolutely accurate on that to point. To be fair, he might still be there. Absolutely. Like said, yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't know enough. But right now, can't very well right now think that he's an option at 19 until we know more about this. So it's just one more situation where you're like, all right, who exactly can we talk about as a possibility at 19? And this is a scenario where this isn't like, a, oh, we can get him a third round now. No, right. It, yeah. If, yeah. If he, he's either going to be right back where he was exactly. or he's not going to get drafted. Yeah, either you have him in the first round where you originally had him on the board or he's not on your board and right. he won't be considered. So this isn't a case where now you're going to get a steal in the fifth round. That, that's not what this is about. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to the happier side of things today. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, thoughts and prayers with, with uh, Maurice Hurst. Hopefully everything works out. All right. Had some quarterbacks throw today. Yeah. Four of the five through. Four of the five top ones. Four yeah. of the five top quarterbacks through. Kind of one of those things, it was really Baskin-Robbins day, <laughs> depending on which flavor you really liked. And, you know, and I know you reached out to some of your scouting buddies. We had our own eyes on, uh, you know, uh, there in the room, uh, at, excuse me, in the stadium, and how things really went. I mean, a lot of varying opinions of how these quarterbacks uh, were able to navigate the day. And uh, I'll, I'll open it up to any thoughts that you two gentlemen have about, uh, you know, what, what we saw. Well, yeah, and you kind of alluded to it, uh, or you mentioned it. Um, but I did. I reached out to one scout. And this is just one scout's opinion right. uh, who watched it. And he graded him like this. He, number one, and this is just today, how they performed on, in Lucas Oil Stadium uh, throwing the ball. Baker Mayfield was one. He said he was accurate, quick. Next was Josh Allen, said showed some consistency, some consistency, which I know is kind of an oxymoron. Right. That some consistency is another way of saying inconsistent. But, Good point. Um, and then, then third was basically a tie between Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson. He said both were underwhelming. Um, so take from, from that what you will. Um, you know, this is just one workout and just one set of eyes. Uh, you could ask a different scout, maybe get a different opinion. I don't know. But I thought just, you know, watching it, watching the workouts myself, I see what he's saying with Baker Mayfield. I thought everything was quick. Uh, basically what you see on his tape, uh, he was at, a, at his best on the slants. And, uh, you know, when he could lead the receiver, he didn't have to think much. It just quick, get it out. It's very accurate. Uh, Josh Allen, man, he can uncork some just lasers. It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, and that's why he's going to be in that top 15 conversation when I don't necessarily think he should be just because I – 
undeveloped he is in certain areas of playing the position. Uh, and then Rosen and Jackson, uh, neither had the best day. I don't think they were bad. I wouldn't say they were bad. Right. But they weren't good either. So it's just, you know, I think underwhelming might be the best way to put it. Let's go back to Baker Mayfield, David. And, 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 and if with Baker Mayfield, he's not always going to look pretty. Mechanically, he's not always going to do the right things. Well, he's like nothing about him is prototypical, right? Ter- you know, yeah. Josh Allen, for right? His, you know, yeah. And so, you mean there's guy. some of the throws that you might have seen with him with, you know, poor feet, you know, poor footwork, uh, opening shoulders, opening hips, things like that. I mean, you know, maybe some accuracy. I mean, I, I was talking to some guys about it. Maybe throwing a little bit better, going right than left. I mean, are these things though that you kind of, kind of, you're going to have to deal with with Baker Mayfield? Yeah, you watch his tape, and like the Oklahoma offense is geared around Baker Mayfield, his strengths as a player, and so we see a lot of seam throws. You know, you see a lot of uh, you know working the running back into the passing game. Uh, but you don't see consistent NFL routes, and you know that's something we had to wa- we watched here at the combine, right? And there were some inconsistent moments when he made throws outside the numbers, or uh, you know he was asked to uh, maybe on some timing routes, uh, and it, it's difficult here. Let's be honest. For oh all no, these this is, this is tough. When I mean, you're you dealing get this with a, yeah receivers you've never thrown to, absolutely. Uh, you know you, you don't have you're not in a game environment where you have pads on and. You know, there's uh, there's a clock, there's a defense, there's pressure. I mean, there's obviously pressure in the sense that there's 32 NFL teams with their eyes locked on you and every throw matters, but in terms of defensive pressure. So it, it's something that it, there, I think you can take things from how the quarterbacks work out. but um, It's not an end-all, be-all, then. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah. And, I mean, to steal your line, I feel like you say this about everybody, but quarterbacks, too, I mean, if you didn't like what you saw today, wait for the pro day. Yeah, it's no, I, look a no, lot better. It, yeah. It, it could be, and you know, and I, I personally was like, you know, me and my, you know, the the, the Josh, uh, excuse me, the uh, the Lamar Jackson stuff, you know, and and I and I'm I'm really locking in on on Lamar Jackson again. I'm proud of him for going out there and throwing, but if you do if you do watch him throw, you know, there was that again. It looked like a little bit of nervousness with him and the way he played. You know, the way, I mean, I didn't feel like, though, that, uh, you know, when you, there's things I saw on tape that were, that were really good, you know, and then, and then there's some other things, you know, mechanically today. Oh, See, that's when there's, when there's no rush, when there's no rush, yeah. that seems to be the hardest thing for Lamar Jackson to have to deal with. If Lamar Jackson just has to sit there and drop back, it doesn't have any, I mean, he's Almost. just got to be accurate every throw and, Okay, I've got to, I've got to step. I've got to, you know, I've got to, you know, my feet. I'm going to throw off my back foot. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to oh, step up. And you know, I thought Daniel Jeremiah hit him pretty good today with uh, from the NFL Network about the the in throws were good, the comeback throws were good, the stuff outside the numbers mm-hmm. wasn't so good. That, that's the same on tape. Yeah, and that's in that, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I but I mean, I still, I mean, I love the player. I, I really, really do love the player. But the, I say I think it's hard for him. This is a hard environment for him to throw the football in. Well, and I think just because he's at his best when things are kind of being you know, thrown at him while he's moving around and stuff to, like that. To Dane's point too. I mean, that's and, and I'm not making excuse me. I'm no, not making no, apologies for no, the kid. But it's it's. No. But I, I just feel like though that he's not going to shine in this setting like say. Allen was going to shine with the arm well, strength. And that's and where I was going to yeah, go. Yeah, like, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't football. And that's why, you know, 
I'm I've been pretty firmly anti Josh Allen throughout this whole thing. Right. I, I don't trust his resume. Yada yada. Uh, but he comes here and he's uncorking you know seventy yard throws. Like this is an event designed for a guy like him. Right. Like he's if he doesn't. You had look, a feeling he was going to win the day just yeah. by the arm talent you alone. Can, yeah. Like you talk about his throws to the numbers don't look good. Jackson. Well, obviously Allen's are going to look great. He's right. Got the talent to do that. Which. And that's why it's so fun and also frustrating because people get so swept up in that. And I think that's, you know, the combine gets a bad rap from people who don't really follow it because of stuff like that. Like you get obsessed over workout numbers and the underwear Olympics and all that. Right. Uh, but it's easy to see how it plays into a guy's like that strength. And it's also it's important to remember that there's way more to it than that. And that's, you know. If if any of those guys had looked even worse than they already did, I'm I'm not going to put a ton of stock in it compared to everything else that goes into the evaluation. Did anybody else catch your eye, Dane? I, I mentioned maybe a, a Mike White, somebody like that. The it's quarterbacks, a, yeah, yeah. Any of the other quarterbacks, kind of, I mean, down the line guys or anything like that. I I mentioned him because again, some if just watching him a little bit when I got to see him throw, though, like to say the accuracy. There were some really yeah. some good accurate throws that he made. You know, here's a guy that we he, we had seen. We have a little bit of working knowledge with him from and, the Senior Bowl. And I've said this: uh, if you know you you're looking for a developmental type of quarterback in the fourth, fifth round, right? Mike White and Kyle Aletta, um, Mike White from Western uh, Kentucky, Western Kentucky, and Kyle Aletta from Richmond. Those are the two guys I'd be targeting. At least with those two guys, you see. At worst, the ability to be a backup and maybe some developmental traits. Which, very timely, very timely, Dane. Way to go. Throwing some Cowboys news into that. Mm. Got a chance to talk to Jerry Jones Yeah, today. I was going to get into that a little bit. Then. Came right out and said he was like, "We, I mean, you need four quarterbacks to go to training camp. We really like Cooper Rush. Uh, but he said he'd like to add a third developmental prospect who's not a veteran. So, yeah. I mean, that means a rookie to me. And yeah. Whether... Whether or not the Cowboys spend a draft pick on him, I don't know. But I would guess they're either going to draft a guy or find another undrafted free agent like Cooper Rush. So He was happy he had those compensatories, too, because yeah. it's going to allow mm-hmm. him maybe to grab an extra guy or have to move around if he, if he sees somebody he likes. Well, if, I mean, if you want to get into all that total, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, I, I'll get into that in the second half of the show. I then. came away super pumped with what Jerry Jones said about the draft, you know, from our perspective. Right, we'll get um, into that, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you, you might be sitting here thinking, well, the Cowboys don't need a quarterback. Why are y'all talking about this? Well, they're going to add a rookie quarterback to this team this year, like one way or the other. Yeah. So it is. I mean, it's worth it's worth taking a look at. I got you there. Okay. Well, how about then? Let's focus in now on the receivers. Yep. You know, and and really what you saw. And David, I'll start with you. I'll give you the opportunity to to kind of uh, toot the horn on anybody I you want to. I feel wanna like I've done enough horn <laughs> tooting. Like I'm I'm like it's to the point where I'm worried about oversaturation uh, because of I how we're already there. The the <laughs> DJ Moore train is like flying off the tracks here, but it's a lot of. I mean, guy, you know, he. I thought he killed it. What day? Back, back in December, we were moving down the road in the in the bandwagon for DJ Moore. All of a sudden, at some point, you come in, push me out of the driver's seat, take over. You're going too slow. I, apparently, I was. You were going too slow. We're no. trying to get this thing into the station. DJ Moore, listen, and I, I, I've. Mentioned this before. My first draft board, he came in at number 30 overall. My number two wide receiver. Uh, my first draft board is about a month old now. He came in two inches taller. Okay. All right. Already exceeding expectations. And he ran a tenth of a second faster than you thought he was going to. Yeah, more than a tenth. Yeah. Coming in at uh, I was four, four, five, two. Yeah, four, five, five. We were talking about is yeah. it going to be four, five, five. Right. Over, under that. He comes in at four, four, two. Also puts up great numbers in uh, the broad and the, the vert. 
Uh, so this is a guy who he has great it. tape, and he, he comes it. here, and he is taller, and he's faster. He did, which, okay, and I'm, I'm fully – mea culpa. Like, I, I don't really – I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds on this. I don't really think DJ Moore is an option at 19, but – I, I mean, it's it's worth talking about. Like, so sure, he's taller than you thought he'd be. He's faster than you thought he'd be. What is holding him back, and what do you see as his real range as a prospect right now? Uh, I think he's a first round pick. Um, I, I think it's I, in my mind, it's it's been set. Ridley and Moore, one two. Uh, Moore, I don't think if you told me that he's going to come off the board at twenty two, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, so I don't think it's a big leap to say that he should be considered at nineteen. Uh, when you talk about what you worry about, he's not the best uh, in, con- in contested situations. A guy that's going to, sure. you know, uh, high point and you know beat defenders in fifty-fifty opportunities. Uh, you know, he's not the best in those situations. But we're nitpicking here. This is a guy who has a lot of thi- more, way more, more positives, positives than bad, than negatives. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. exactly. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to like about DJ Moore coming in, and even more so afterwards. So uh, I think we're going to hear a lot about DJ Moore at nineteen. I'd be surprised if he was the pick, but again, he should at least be in consideration because we think that the Cowboys will consider a wide receiver in the first three rounds. And in the first round, Ridley or Moore, if Ridley's gone, Moore should at least be in the conversation. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. What if what if on teams' boards it's more over Ridley? Is that a possibility? Sure. I, I, Ridley, to me, and and I, not, not and we, I understand where you're. No, I know, and, my, and you I'm understand saying, where I'm coming from. I'm telling you why. I'm just saying, uh, Ridley, just, the route running and the play speed are why I think he's number one. But when you, if a team looks at DJ Moore, who's 20 pounds heavier, right, and is not, there's not a big gap between the two in terms of play speed. And sure, routes. Ridley is at a graduate level when it comes to route running, and. I feel like DJ Moore just got his undergrad. Okay. So it's, there's not a huge big, you know, he's right. a very good route runner. There's just a di- little bit of a difference. But, again, DJ Moore, 20 pounds heavier. Maybe you think of him as being more durable, a guy that's going to hold up over the middle, could do more things for you. I think that uh, Calvin Ridley is your ideal Z. DJ Moore might be show a little bit more versatility across the formation. See, I, I, I don't disagree with you on the order they have. I was just wondering, is yeah. there a possibility that yeah. if Moore, is the, Moore could be the surprise first receiver going off the board, because you do, you have to me. Those are the two first round guys. That those are those are how I would if evaluate. If there's going to be two, first if there's round two receivers, first round guys, those are my two first round guys. I think there are there are like four positions where I don't think there's much debate about the top guy. Running back with Saquon Barkley, right? Um, I think you can throw uh, guard in there with Quentin Nelson, and then defensive end Bradley Chubb, and then probably corner with Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just my opinion. I think you look at those. I guess Derwin James is safety. I, so those five. Uh, that there's not much debate about the top player at those positions, and I didn't say wide receiver because as, as much as I like Calvin Ridley, wouldn't be shocked at all if a team preferred DJ Moore because of the way he's built and maybe a little bit more versatility to his game. Let's talk about then the second round receivers. Or, I'm sorry, well, if, if, go ahead. I'm well, sorry, Dave. You had a, you had I, a point. I, will, I will settle for. I'm very content with. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's a realistic possibility. I'm very content with that, especially two months out from the you draft. You just don't want to get your hopes up. Exactly. Uh, after that, which this kind of goes into what you were going to say, we just said we think those would be the two first-round receivers. If there was going to be a third receiver taken in the first round, who do you all think it would be? I'm just curious because, again, we uh, there's really have no idea how to sort this logjam out. And I think there's like five me. names you could – like. Yeah, okay, that's what I wanted, that yeah, I wanted to get into that. The fastest 40-yard dash today was? 
Chark. DJ Chark. And Chark. You mean teams covet speed. Oh, no. You were saying all along that if he ran no, great, right. that he could be right in the mix in the Will first Fuller round. Will Fuller used a 4-3-2 to get up uh, to the early 20s yeah, in that draft. 20, I'm just saying, yeah. buyer beware 21. there. Well, sure, absolutely. I'm just saying. I'm, I mean, but with DJ Chark, 4-3-4. No, I get it. I get would it. Would not be shocked hey. if he went and up I, in the nobody lo- late first. Only the man to your left loves LSU more than me. And and and, we, and you watch. Uh, there, it's there's frustrating. A, there's not more of a heartbreaking player than him. Mm-hmm. And every and every time he's out there running around and doing what he's done, I'm like, okay, yeah. You know what? You know and, what's and, funny then let's get, and then, but like the Senior Bowl, he showed up not the whole week. Then all of a sudden, he showed up at the game. Hey, and I'm thinking, oh just, well, well, this is not a guy I'm used to seeing. You just defended Lamar Jackson for being a gamer. DJ t- comes on no, when the lights no, are bright. No, 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 no. I, I, I know, yeah, I, I understand. Know, I, know. I understand. I'm just saying, though, and and you're right. You're somebody's going to fall up, and you know what? They might fall in love with him over more sure, if you want no. if you want to be in, if you want to know reality. Here's the thing with DJ Chark is he doesn't need to be a eight catch a game guy. He needs to make two explosive plays a game, and he would justify going in the first round. He needs to be that, a that's it three catch hundred and ten yard kind of guy, it, which is possible, and have a you know average eight yards on punts. Yeah. And, you know he can do that. No. And hey, so, to, when you brought this up, I laughed at you. Yeah, both of you guys and did. We're sitting here at the combine, and I'm like, yeah, yeah because this we all see him play pretty, every week. But when hey, it's a it's a big picture, right? You take the you take the combine, right. you take the the, uh, the stats. You take oh sure, the resume. When you add it all together, it makes sense. I don't know if it's going to work out for the team that does it, but I, I'm not going to be surprised at all. The NFL covets explosive plays, yeah. and DJ Chark is uh, able to create some of those. Two other names I want to talk about as possibilities in the first round, wide receiver. Two guys that, you know, we, we talk about Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. I think we see those guys as more of number two. You're coming around on Callaway, is that what you're about to tell me? No, nobody's, <laughs> no? nobody <laughs> likes Callaway not, but you. Won't even make my board. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know who he's going to talk about because I see him highlighted on his computer. Go ahead. Two guys that have number one potential, Cortland Sutton and Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah. Uh, oh. SMU and Notre Dame. Got the two rise guys of St. Brown. And I think a lot of the rise – I think when you look at St. Brown, it's the quarterback play killed him. Oh, if yeah. he had a real quarterback there, he might be absolutely being talked about Say the what first you round. will about – Deshaun Kaiser, but his production as a as a sophomore no was much that. higher than yeah. what he did as a junior under Brandon Wimbush. But St. Brown at that size, I mean, he's almost six five. Uh, his body's still developing; he's still jacked. Uh, he runs really well, and he makes plays at all levels of the field. Uh, and then Cortland Sutton, he had himself a good day. Didn't you know? We talked about it yesterday on the, on the show. Yeah, four five two athlete. Four five uh, four five eight athlete. Right. He runs a four five five right in the middle. Right so, in the middle. Yeah. You know I. Not a bad time for him, not a great time. Uh, the biggest thing for him, and he had good numbers in the short agility drills, big thing for him will just be the route running. Can he develop as a route runner and adjust to a pro-style system? I think it might take a year for him. Uh, he might have to redshirt, not completely redshirt, but I don't think he's going to live up to his status as a top 50 pick as a rookie. But year two, year three, that's where you hope Sutton blossoms. Does he remind you a little bit with the four four five speed of not getting any faster, not getting any quicker? Does it does it bother you that he's a six three guy, two hundred plus pounds, and he's a four five five guy? I think he can compensate enough with that size and be a power forward on the field that he doesn't need to be Calvin Ridley with his routes. He doesn't need to be. He just needs to give a little bit of separation so his quarterback can have some kind of target. So, and if he can do that, where you know he doesn't get hung up on the on press and at the did top, you ever see him get bullied a little bit for a big guy? A little bit, yeah, but it's hard because. It, 
in college, no, I'm just no, asking, no I mean, one presses. See, you know, it, it, no, no, and I and I and the reason I'm asking you that is because we seem to get fooled by that again. I mean, well, I get TCU fooled. You went at him. Oh no, I I so. get I get fooled. I get I got fooled by the the big guy. If he would have come in here and say he would have run four four eight four four seven, I'm 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 going with you. But he's but he's Treadwell's poisoned you, huh? Yeah, that's no. It's not that. It's just the fact. Mm. No, no, it's not. You even mm. said about the scheme. Oh yeah. You yeah. said about the scheme. Oh, there's a huge jump. Yeah, sure. But I'm talking about a six-three receiver that runs four-five-five. Yeah. Are we gonna get any faster? No. That, but that's. But I don't think you need to. Either. Yeah. I mean, that's. And that's in this the league, point. in this league, you said you just oh, you just have to do just enough to get separation. Can he get separation? It, but I, I don't think it's an athletic thing it, for him. It's a route running thing because he performed well in the short agility drills. He has some quickness to him, I, and I think with work and improving his routes, he can be in Alshon. And Alshon Jeffrey's not a burner, no, but he can do just enough, and that's what I think. But Alshon Jeffrey went be. from being a guy drafted, and then and then and then all of a sudden having to sign a one year deal with Philadelphia, and then he got an extension and well, a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, so, I think. Well, after not, after he signed a one year deal. Well, and I, but I think that was more laziness and all that, and that's that's what they figure out with Sutton. If you think Sutton's going to work at it, if you think that he is going to put in the time to reach his potential, then a team will consider him at some point in the first round. It's fair. The twenty shuttle was four eleven. That's fair. It's a good time. Between three, three, uh, sixty shuttle was eleven oh six. You know what? You, you make sense on that. That part of it, you make sense. I'm just looking. I'm just looking though at the at the thirty two and a half vertical, ten four broads. Okay, on that. The three cone was six five seven. I'm not saying he doesn't have bus potential. No, no, I, what was I've the just cone? Uh, six five seven. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous for a guy that size. I, I mean, what, what did Kuti have in a three cone? Do you have that? Yeah, of course Kuti. I have that. Of course I had that. But he's a smaller guy, right? I yeah, think so that's he what, should that's be the have point a. Dates trying to make here. And I have no idea what he ran. So Kuti was he, he ran four. His official was four four three. Kuti three was uh, three cone was six nine three. Okay, yeah. For a Sutton, a guy that's, you know, 30 pounds bigger, taller. Uh, just play that way then. Yeah, well, and that's, again, I don't think it's an athletic thing. I think it's a route thing. And just him being comfortable, uh, running a full route tree, getting the most at the top of routes uh, at the stem. It's something I think he's capable of. He has bus potential. There's no question. Yeah. Well, we both agree there. So you're but okay with a 6.55 five, five, then on the, on the 40? You're okay with that? because with of the, the 4.55, five, yeah. Four or five, five. Four, excuse me, four or five, five. Because, five would be very but you're, bad. you're okay Very. because of the of the of the, the the three cone and the shuttle numbers. Right, exactly. That gives me hope that he's not a bad that's, athlete. That's, that's he, fair. He's not a bad athlete. He just needs to be more polished. This as a is player. this is a goal. Like, I mean, the combine's over for us for all intents and purposes. I know there's still a few more days, but the goal and and it's not just Laquan Treadwell, Brian, but like what we watched from this team. You know, Des Bryant's yeah. problem. You know, route running is an sure. issue for these receivers. Sure, and I think that that scares you a little bit. It scares me. That's yeah. I haven't paid a lick yeah. of attention to these big receivers this entire process because I don't want them. But it's not about what I want, and that's so you know. No, no, it, I, it's I'm a big priority. Scared. It's a big priority for me to figure out I how just, the Cowboys feel about. I'm just these thinking guys. about the National Football League. And, and and separation overall. Well, here, here, let's talk about you know Aggies earmuffs. Christian Kirk, what were his agility numbers? Christian Kirk was seven oh nine in the three cone, four five five in the twenty shuttle, twelve oh three in the sixty. Twelve oh three. Yeah, that is not good. That's almost a full second. Yeah, but his you know his ten yard his ten yard was uh, one five four. 
it's great. But for a slot receiver, I mean, I need, it's, it's getting off. It's the it's getting off the line. Sure, and that's great. But uh, again, it, that's not translating into at the top of the route. Uh, and that's Christian Kirk did not have a good day, plain and simple. Uh, now he has good tape, but he did not have a good day. He did not test like we expected, unfortunately for him. Yeah, I just like I said, I, I just. I'm not trying to be. I, I I look at a guy, a big guy that runs a four five five. And I'm like, okay, is he going to get faster? But yeah, the the shuttle numbers and all that. And again, folks, I am not bashing on SMU, and I'm not trying to bash on, uh, you know, the big receivers and all that. I just I worry about it a little bit, but we'll see. Oh, he has well, bus we'll potential. We'll he see. Does. We'll see about that. Okay. Uh, anybody else though? Uh, Michael Gallup. I kind of uh, saw him. Any? I'm looking at second round guys. I'm looking mm-hmm. at about potential guys. Maybe for the Cowboys at fifty. You know, yeah. is is Sutton better? Well, he Sutton could go in the first round. Yeah, he's probably now with the way you've described him and stuff like he's probably gone before fifty. Good chance. Am I, yeah. am I right? I think is so. Gallup gone before fifty? I don't think so. No, but he had a good day today with a four five one official in the forty. Right, uh, which is a good number for him. Yeah, six nine five in the three cone, four three seven in the twenty mm-hmm. uh, shuttle, and then eleven eighty four in the sixty. Yeah, and so you know who I thought had a really good day was uh, Dion Kane. Uh, Clemson, yeah. Clemson. It, it really now we got athlete. some off the field stuff with Deion Kane. Um, more injury stuff, um, but he has some off field stuff too. Uh, but younger when he was younger, so I don't. I'm not sure how much of a concern it is now. Right. But one, if you read off his numbers, yeah, eight three quarters hands. It's the first thing I noticed. He, yeah, that it, shows because he it, has it, a lot of drops. Yeah, four four three in the forty official. Uh, uh, Thirty three and a half on the vert. Nine seven on the broad. Six, seven, one in the three cone, four, three, seven in the twenty shuttle, and eleven seventy eight in the sixty shuttle. Mm. Numbers are just kind of there, yeah. but but when you talk about catching the football and stuff today, I, I didn't think that was terrible. I, I don't no. disagree with you on that. Yeah, the film is up and down. Uh, the the drops worry you a little bit, but just as a a size, speed strength type of receiver. Right. That's the type of guy that you look at on day two, and you want to develop him and turn him into something. So Deion Kane's a name to remember for a, a day two target. Day two targets for sure there. All right, then, uh, just going to, again, kind of going, is there anybody else, though, David, down there that kind of caught your eye a little bit that you uh, that you were uh, interested? I know you were on Jerry Jones' duty today, so it's probably a little unfair for you to. Uh, well, I'll actually, you know, well, I mean, Gallup is a guy, you know, I, as always, I think of this in terms of the Cowboys. So, I mean, you know, you got your options at 19, and then I'm always looking for fallback options. Which, you right. Know, so Gallup is a guy that, that has always stood out to me. Dane always tells me eight, he's not a, not a chance at 81, which, you know, so I'm, it's 50 reasonable. And then another guy, um, I think I actually, this might have been a Twitter question, but I don't care. Uh, another guy, you know, I just said, uh, I haven't paid enough attention to Sutton and St. Brown. Another guy that falls in that category for me is Pettis. Yeah, I, I, he didn't work out today. So, yeah, yeah that was kind of a, a situation. But uh, I'll tell you what, let me let me throw one at you then, Dave. Let me throw another one. Pettis, Dana, in, in, enlighten me on Dylan Cantrell mm. from Texas Tech. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, I – mean, then when I asked you this initially, I think it was you said kind of an H – Kind of an a, a, That's how I graded him when I watched his film. I okay. thought he was a kind of a hybrid receiver. Texas H-back. Tech, yeah, uh, 6027, yeah. 226. Now, what's interesting about him is the official time is 459. In the 40. But, yeah, in the 40. But then you flip him on the, on the, on the athletic stuff, mm-hmm. 
38 and, yeah 38 and a half vertical 10 10 broad jump 656 in the three cone mm. 403 in the 20 shuttle and 1085 in the 60 shuttle. This is for now a, I got to go watch tape on Dylan Cantrell. This is for a player that's 6'3, 227 pounds. Right. So he crushed it. Right. And you're, you're going to watch his tape and you're going to see a lot of sideline throws. Is you're, it going to be the same thing as like watching Sutton play at SMU? Uh, a little bit. Where it's kind of screens. There's a very, very limited route trail. A lot of comebacks. Yeah. Comeback heavy in that offense. It sounds like you're talking about Jamon Moore. Uh, yeah, kind of a little bit with the way the offense is set up and the routes he's asked to run. But he's very efficient, strong ball skills. He's used to making catches with a receipt with a defender on his hip. So he the, can the do separation that. is going to be a little bit of an issue. But uh, yeah, but he wasn't asked to run, you know, the the sophisticated routes where he could really show that. I don't think he wasn't coached up in that way. Yeah, he, it was. Okay. It was just you know simple comebacks where it's just timing between him and the quarterback. Uh, where, but he did a nice job on those because he wins 50-50 balls with the strong ball skills. He uses his body to shield defenders from the ball. Uh, he's a one-speed guy. You know, it, you see him down the field, and there's just there's one gear. But he does have that short area quickness, which I didn't think he'd put up these numbers. But, uh, yeah, Dylan Cantrell is one of my – he's a, a favorite day three target as kind of that H-back, wide receiver, hybrid type of role. Let me ask you this, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm comparing a white wide receiver to a white wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. But is this guy – is this guy – I mean, I think Jordy Nelson was quicker. But is it the same kind of guy, the 50-50 ball winner – the guy that has the quickness, the guy that has some lateral ability. I mean, is that hell of a comparison? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, and again, I'm that. not trying to compare. Uh, I'm not just because he's a white wide receiver. No, well, but I'm just Jordy saying. Nelson's a yeah. beast, though. I mean, yeah, and I don't with Jordan, he's white. Jordy's yeah, second round pick from Kansas State, though, too. Yeah. As well, yeah. but what made but him the, such but, a high but, pick but was the number running. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. If this guy's catching 50-50 balls. But has and maybe it's a bad comparison. Maybe, it, but I'm just thinking about. I kind of think of Jordy Nelson being that guy that's kind of got that the the that the, the quickness and the you know the ability the route running where he you know can get a little bit can get open and stuff like that. Maybe it's a maybe it's a really bad. Jordy, comparison. Well, Jordy Nelson, he's so savvy and he's so he has such a great understanding of how to break down the defender to to create that separation. I don't think Cantrell's there yet. Right. Uh, he just he, you know in the Texas Tech offense. So he's a he wasn't day three guy way. for sure, right? Day three, I, maybe these times will change that, but yeah. I, that's the grade I gave him. Yeah, okay. Well, so. I, I'm just I haven't seen the player. That's but, why I'm asking sure. about the guy. And, and you know, I I like him best as kind of an H back hybrid, right. where you know, line him up in the backfield, let him run uh, routes out of the backfield, put him in the slot, let, try him in line, see what he can do. I, I think you, there's some versatility here where he can play outside. He was the Z receiver in that Texas Tech offense. He can do some things though. I I, I want to. He'd be a guy I want to bring my facility, work him out, see what you could do with him. If the versatility, I think he has. If he can work out that way, I, that's a guy that I would look to target at some point on day three. Okay, I'm looking at Kent Garrison right now. Kent, am I good to break this thing off? Okay, I I could still ramble on for days, but I'll I'll break. I will break this thing off. When we come back, we'll hit your questions. Quit on the twenty. Stay tuned. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. 
To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. We're back here in the 2018 NFL Combine. Dave Brugler kind of got some little information, little nuggets. Linebackers always got some nuggets. Oh, yeah, that's why we got you. I always forget. I got to get all. I got. We got to get everything we can out of you before we lose you one of these teams. But yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. got? Um, so, Josie Jewell, linebacker, linebacker Iowa. Iowa guy we yeah. talked about had a formal meeting with the ah, Cowboys. There you uh, go. We know this team is going to be looking at linebackers. Josie uh, Jewell. We'll wait and see what happens with Anthony, Anthony Hitchens. But yeah. uh, we know this team will be looking at linebackers. And Josie Jewell, he uh, he's your prototypical Mike. Yeah, uh, a guy, he is that. The instincts are off the charts. The athleticism's okay, not bad, not great. Uh, he's not on Sean Lee's level, but you see some Sean Lee in his game. You see a lot of good tackling in space. Not yeah, making yeah. the white-to-white comparison, but yeah. it, you, you do see. <laughs> you have to use that, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the instinct. That's, no, that's, it's, it's, that's why you draw comparisons he, he to is, Sean Lee. He absolutely. sees the play develop. He can diagnose, key, go. Uh, and for a big guy, he kind of gets through cracks. He does. Then yeah. he runs through and gets through the you know, tackles. Yeah, he's for not lost a bad guy. athlete. Not I mean, at all. You put him up, up against Saquon Barkley one on one, and he but, doesn't. But he struggles. But, to, but so does everyone else. But kind of give everybody. A, you don't think it, the numbers are going to be off the chart tomorrow? No, no, no. It's just going to be a. It's going to be a steady workout. That's what I would yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And so we'll see. Tape is better than the workout's going to be, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think I, some of the short area he might do better than people expect with a 40 probably won't be great um but he's a guy that three i think we had him at yeah at one time I, oh, at number at pick number 50 josie jewel he's another guy should be on the short list uh a, a linebacker that can come in and contribute right away so we didn't get to see him at the senior bowl he was yeah. getting over a sickness then right uh but he's a guy to keep on the the radar because yeah. the cowboys are keep yeah. the hawkeye tradition alive. absolutely david take this show over right now please twitter oh. on the 20 oh wow yeah i completely forgot about that i was so engrossed in the wide receiver conversation um i mean yeah. i didn't forget i got questions yeah, i know That's you fine. do um which all right well let's start we covered so much wide receiver um got any tight end questions exactly in there? uh eric wants to know about tight ends that may be climbing into the first round and a follow-up because we got a lot of question about your favorite Nittany Lion, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Jasicki. Boy, you're right about him. Uh, <laughs> Matt wants to know if he's a consideration at 50. He so need to go away. <laughs> t- 
talk to me <laughs> talk to me about first round possibilities for tight ends. Not not necessarily for the Cowboys, just in general. Yeah. And then also uh, what Mr. Gisecki did can, for can himself. Can we start today. with Gisecki real quick? Yeah. Uh, Brian, let me ask you this question: Are, are the Cowboys? <laughs> Don't do it. Are the Cowboys? Uh, <laughs> are they creative enough to use a talent like Mike Gusecki? The answer is probably not. Because yeah. uh, Mike Gusecki, creative is the question. The answer is probably no. He's not your traditional inline tight end. Uh, that's not how he should be used. He's basically an oversized receiver. Right. And he's a guy that we know can go up and get the ball. He had what forty-one and a half inch vert today. Yep. Uh, four five four in the forty yard dash. He's basically a, a supersized receiver. That's how he should be used. And I want to see him in the backfield. I want to see him in the slot. I want to see him all over the formation. That's how he should be used. Would the Cowboys consider a player like that when traditionally they don't haven't been open minded to a, a guy like that? I'll tell you what, though, they drafted be, a guy like that. To be they honest, didn't to be, use him. Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I wish they would. I wish this guy would they've drafted fifty two or years ago, or three years ago, or four years ago. That's this is the guy they needed to pick in the second round when they were trying to to, to draft all those tight so ends. Gavin Escobar. Yeah, the this, world, this yeah. was the guy they needed to, needed to be on the board, not not Gavin Escobar. I'm sorry, Gavin Escobar, if you're watching from San Diego, California, or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, this this is the guy that needed to be the one that was selected. Anything under a seven and a three cone for a tight end is fantastic. And he oh had, yeah, he had a six seven six. Yeah. in the three cone. He had a, and a yeah fantastic. short shuttle of four one zero. It's a great number. And a six nine broad. Yeah, ten nine. Uh, actually, ten nine broad. Forty one and a half on the vertical. Yeah, great numbers. My gosh. I mean, 20, just, 22 touches. But again, the guy will not block. He'll try. He'll, but he'll just, try, but he will not. I mean, it, yeah, it's it, tough. It is. It, there's some. There's some like. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Some of that to him, and man, I, I like that. How, how do I put that in the scouting report? Yeah, th- just do it. When you're typing nice. it, go, huh? Okay. Like oh that. darn, he yeah. got past me. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I, I like I, you always laugh about my Will Disley, who is like a, a terrible yes. athlete. Please tell but us a, more but, about Will. Well, he's no, Disley. no, he's, he's the ter- opposite of uh, exactly as yeah. a blocker. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, though. This is, but uh, we could figure out a way to combine the two. We don't need Gusecki any more. And huh? Disley. Yeah. You, you got the perfect tight end. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'll get into one more guy, too, Hayden Hurst. Mm. You brought that up yesterday. And, uh, you know, we had an in- interesting conversation at dinner last night about that. You know, and, and the table the table seemed to feel like that, you know, when you asked me about the yips. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll take the guy going. The table turned against me last mm-hmm. night. You guys just jumped on me like I'd never take that guy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And, and I, you know, I'm still going to stay on. Hayden Hurst. Tight end. He did actually did pretty well today. Four six seven is the official time. Ten foot broad. Uh, seven one nine in your twenty shuttle. Four three seven in the uh, short. Oh, excuse me. Uh, when I say that, seven one nine in the three cone. Uh, four three four three seven in the short shuttle. Twelve fifteen in the sixty shuttle. Average numbers for tight end. Um, yeah. And uh, Dallas Goddard did not work out. Did Still not work out. that hamstring injury from did. the Senior Bowl. Um, but these tight ends, and I tell you, they all caught the ball well, too, though. Yeah, they did. I, I thought they gauntlet did a nice drill. Yeah, gauntlet drills, everything um, about that. Mark good. Andrews had a good day. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Ian Thomas from Indiana. Yeah, Pete Prisco's guy. He came over and wore you and I out. We're trying to watch <laughs> drills, and Prisco sits down, and my my favorite guy is, you know, I'm like, okay, I, thanks. I, I love Ian Thomas. I've said this. I If the Cowboys want a tight end in this draft, Ian Thomas in the third round. Ian Thomas that, is not a, bad, not a bad call. That's who I would want them to because he doesn't need to uh, produce from day one. He's a guy that you can grow into a starter. And I, he, would not shock me at all five years from now we're talking about Ian Thomas as the best tight end from this group. 
I'll tell you what, I don't disagree with you there. Where are you putting these guys? As always, that's what I care about. Goddard, I think, is in the late first. Hayden Hurst could get in the late first as well. Uh, it, with again with Hurst, there's so many variables that teams you are going to work about Mark through. Andrews, by the way. You talk about the age. You talk about the yips. You talk about uh, yeah. Just what is he going to? Where does he fit in the offense? You guys so, at the table hate the yips. It's I just, mean, it's just it's part of the equation. You know, <laughs> it, it, think of a math equation for a player for Hayden Hurst, and it's just part of the equation. Uh, but no, Mark Andrews um, from Oklahoma, basically a slot receiver in Oklahoma's offense. Yeah, but he has the the size and the skill set of an inline guy. He uh, does. He's going to have to you know adjust to a blocking role, and that's not going to just happen overnight. Yeah. But uh, his time a tie his time tied with uh, Hurst uh, as four six uh, four, four six, six seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. So you had. Uh, actually, Jalen Samuels from North Carolina State had the four five four, and he's not really a tight end. He's yeah. more of a your H back, gotcha. do everything guy. But like that yeah. guy at Virginia Tech that everybody tried, Bucky, Bucky Hodges, Bucky Hodges, man. that guy. I remember he was a man without a position. Yeah, and right. just just um, no disrespect to Penn State or the Nittany Lions, but, or Mister Gasecki. Just keep but. him keep him away from me. Because Tell you what, how about them with on, the, on this team? Wow. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with him as a player. It's a wasted draft pick. It's a wasted draft pick. Like the, way, the way they like to play, and the fact that Jason Witten's still playing. I, 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 you talk about you're not scared of the Laquan Treadwell yeah. hangover. I got a big time hangover from Gavin Escobar okay. because that's a top fifty pick that played like what felt like a half a dozen snaps in his yeah. career. That, that's a fair point. I'm, you know, if you if you want to spend a pick on a mid round guy that you think might develop and and you need a tight end and you need special teamers anyway. Fine. I'm not trying to spend a premium pick on a tight end until – You think people would just go nuts at 50 if they hit one of these tight no, ends? No, I don't think people would go nuts. I think there's a lot of people that would like that. But me personally, I'm not worrying about that until Jason Witten has decided to retire. Because until then, I think it's a waste of a, of a resource. If they, right, let me ask you this. If they don't take somebody other than, uh, say, Andrews, Jasicki, or Goddard, Goddard – I always say his name wrong. Goddard, right? Goddard. Goddard. If they don't take one of those three, is it a wasted pick? No, I mean, like I said, I had Ian at Thomas 50. in the third. Oh, at, at fifty, no, at fifty. I, there's really only well, Goddard, Hurst, Andrews, Gasecki. Yeah. Uh, possibilities at fifty. Um, you know, one of those four. I think Goddard probably gone. Hurst but, probably but if they gone. don't take one of those four, then you would kind of consider Ian Thomas. That'd be too early for him. Yeah, it? I think he's a third round player. Yeah. Uh, Can I get Ian Thomas at one sixteen? I don't think so. Me personally, that's I. I don't want to draft. Eighty-one. I'm not trying to draft yeah. a tight end until day okay. three. Me, which hey, nobody cares about my opinion. If I'm looking for a they guy, obviously don't. If I'm looking for a guy on day three and he passes the medicals, Chris Herndon from Miami. Uh, yeah, that's a guy I need to watch. To yeah, Chris Herndon, absolutely. He did not work out today. Twenty-one times the weights. No. He is. I, I need to watch him. Six oh three. Six oh three six. Two fifty-three. He's got thirty-two and seven eighths arms. Nine and a quarter hands. But, yeah, I, I've seen him on some flash tape. You know, when, when you watch the tape, he, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys like, oh, who's that? He's a good player. Who's that, number 23, I, right? But, again, yeah, number right. 23, right. the knee. Uh, he, he, late in the year, we just what oh. the medical staff says. But, again, if you can get him in the fourth or fifth round because of that, mm. again, kind of what Dave was saying, you don't need your tight end to, for the season opener. Right. You know, I mean, he's a guy that you project forward. And as long as the medical staff says, yeah, he just needs a rehab and he'll be, you know, just as good as new. Right. Yeah, he's a player in the fourth round, fifth round you look at. Uh, Dane mentioned this guy yesterday. He actually called him a Jarvis Landry clone, so that's mm. nice. Mr. But Quinn? Luis, Luis wants to know, you know, he says that we really aren't talking about Trey Quinn. 
wants to know why that is and, and I guess just more about him and what you think about him. Patriots yeah. is them, right? Is that our Patriots yeah, he guy? He did have a Patriots visit, which is like the most predictable thing ever. <laughs> I, I think he's a Jarvis Landry type of player where uh, the speed's nothing that's really – Four gonna, five five, my friend. Right, and, and even on the field, I don't know if I, he runs that fast. Uh, yeah, and so he's, he's not the fastest guy, but he's he has a nice job of breaking off routes and giving his quarterback a target. Uh, and he's very sure hands, strong hands. Uh, he can do a little bit after the catch. Not a game breaker, but he's just not a, not just a possession guy either. Use him over the middle where you c- he can find space, expose zones. That's what he does best. That's what Jarvis Landry does best, and I think that's what this guy can do. Uh, so I, it, it, he's a good player. Just an, another one of these wide receivers in a loaded wide receiver class. Which four one nine on your twenty shuttle, by the way, if you care. I pretty good. You know, you kind of you have these subconscious, or not even subconscious, but you kind of lean certain ways because. I don't see Trey Quinn fitting what the Cowboys are looking for in a don't receiver. Do we have two like that you already? Have two guys yeah, on this already team. Already have a Nessamu guy. Yeah. That like fit. You have, you have Cole Beasley and you have Ryan Switzer. Right. Um, I, I just would imagine the Cowboys, if they draft a receiver, are looking more for a guy that's going to play outside. Yeah. So if we're not talking about him, that's probably why. Uh, Vaughn, uh, you know, poorly kept secret, but Jerry Jones just kind of threw it out there for us today that the Cowboys are going to take a look at Byron Jones as a cornerback this year. Kind of figured, but it's nice to have somebody important say it for sure. Yeah. Um, so Vaughn wants to know, you know, what what's your plan at safety in light of that? I mean, if are, that is officially true now. I'm taking that at face value. Byron's at least going to start the year out at cornerback. You're pretty damn thin at safety. Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking, not. I mean, it's probably a free agency need. Like whether that's you know a Kenny big Vaccaro. Hey, it, whether it's a whether it's a big name or just a body. I right. don't know, but I would imagine you got to sign one. Uh, but then in the draft, I think. It, I mean, that's why I've you know talked so much about Derwin James. It seems like something that they would be smart to invest in in the first you know three rounds. I don't what, know, what do you think? What round do you think? I mean, if you're, it's not Derwin hey, James in the first. I I said th- I said this off the air today. As in love with DJ Moore as I am, I would rather like I'll I'll trade up to get Derwin James and forfeit my fiftieth pick mm-hmm. over like if you told me I could have DJ Moore at nineteen, I'd still go after Derwin James at like twelve yeah. or whatever. I just right. I think it would be dope. Um, sorry, what was your question other than that? Well, just like, oh, what, what, what round what do round, I think? Yeah. I mean, because no, I think we agree. Derwin James in the first, uh, probably in a trade up option. If you're gonna honestly, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna draft a guy that's gonna make an impact immediately. Like be good enough to push for a starting job immediately. It's probably got to be by pick fifty. Yeah, because he, I mean, JJ Wilcox was pick seventy, or I think he was pick eighty, which is one pick before they picked this year in the third. And he got on the field as a rookie, but he certainly wasn't a difference maker as a rookie. I'm just looking at the weights because Dane always likes to talk about safeties that are over two hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, and I know our guy uh, Galden from Tennessee measured well, in at one ninety seven. Right. But I'm looking at these other guys, the guys that could actually play. You know, people ask us a lot about Deshaun Elliott. He was 210. They have Mika Fitzpatrick at 204. They have him working with the safeties, by the way, here at the Combine. Yeah, he's a uh, We've uh, talked about, uh, let's see, some other guys. Derwin James, you mentioned him. He was 215 pounds. You know, when you, and that's kind of what you think. Justin Reed was a guy. A lot of people ask us about Justin Reed from Stanford. He was 207. Uh, but you know, Monty Watts, Texas A and M, two hundred two. Kaiser Kaiser White, two eighteen. 
And then your guy Jordan Whitehead came in at 198. Uh, good number so, for him. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you're looking for that guy. What about guy, uh, Jesse Bates? Jesse Bates, I was I went too far down the list. I'm sorry about that. Dang. Jesse Bates came in at 200 pounds on the dot. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, wasn't sure he was going to reach 250 or 200. So yeah, uh, good that good that he did. Yeah, you know this safety class. I, I, we both love Rashawn Galden. Right. Um, but is he a true free safety or is he best as a nickel? I mean, I, I think he can do it. But you know who I compared him to, right? Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, and I think that's a I, – I like that comparison a lot. I think it makes sense. Um, I just compare him because I saw Malcolm Jenkins play at Ohio State at corner, and now he covers in the slot. Now he, cover, he covers tight ends. He covers a physical player. Yeah, he tackles. but he's more of a versatile A versatile guy, and I think, this, I think this guy could be a versatile player. I, no, I agree. Oh, I know you do. I know is you that do. what they're looking for? Are they looking for a versatile guy? Once again, I, I, I'm very con- – if, if they move Byron Jones, they better find somebody back there that does have a little versatility that could play deep, that could play up, whatever they have to do. I'm sure that they can find a way to say, okay, even though we're going to play Byron Jones, I, I wonder if Byron Jones is – if they're going to make this move, is Byron Jones going to start at right corner? Well, why would you make this move if he wasn't going to start? Oh no, I mean that's I'm, what I—that's the question I have. I think the hope would be that he starts. I well, is he going to start over Lewis? Because Lewis is your right corner. I—I I mean, if we're reading tea leaves here. I don't have a press release that tells me this. No, I know that. I know that. But if, if I but had if you're to moving guess, Byron Jones, are you moving him to be a backup? If I had to guess, I think their preferred starting three would be Byron, Cheeto, and Jordan Lewis. Right, Lewis in the slot. Meaning Skandrick. Skandrick, I'm sorry. Right. You're maybe, Outside looking in. So then yeah. you're thinking, okay, and then Anthony Brown, Anthony so Brown is your background. Okay, and then like Xavier Woods is now you're just your straight safety and not playing in the slot anymore? That would be the goal. Right. I mean, if he's up to it, then yes. I mean, yeah, if if they could, if you could guarantee them that, that Xavier Woods is good enough to start, they'd probably be elated. Yeah. And and Jerry Jones had some nice things to say about Kayvon Frazier and Xavier Woods today, but you can't go into a season just hoping that that pans out for you. Dave, I know we have just five minutes or so, maybe a little oh, longer. we've got more time than that. If we can. I think that we're – okay, talk about with Jerry Jones today, though. Talk about what you learned on the bus today, uh, this afternoon from the Combine. I did, and Stuff we're all about. It's going to be on DallasCowboys.com. I mean, you know, we talked about Byron moving. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much stuff about Dez that you can go read on the website if you need more updates on that. Um, the big thing that, you know, for the draft show, I just loved hearing Jerry talk about uh, how wide open this thing is. Actually, this plays into another Twitter question we got from Peyton, okay. a guy named Peyton, which will just – he said, if you're going to double dip again in this draft like you did at cornerback last year, where would you do it? And to that point, uh, I just thought it was great how Jerry was saying, you know, I don't – obviously every team has needs, but I don't think the Cowboys have that glaring need that's like, oh, my God, we absolutely have to address that. I mean, at the end of the day, this is not a bad roster. And, I, th- you know, I think they realized that, and Jerry basically said, you know, if – if if a cornerback's the best option, we could draft a cornerback. We're, we have enough picks, and we have a good enough roster that we can do things like that to solidify our team, whether that means drafting cornerback, best player available. Also, he noted that you can trade compensatory picks. Right. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be afraid to move around in this draft if they think they need to. There you go. Uh, That's so good news for fans I, I if just, you want to do that. You know, like I said, you know, in recent years, you've kind of been able to peg a strategy because, like, they don't have any pass rushers, or they're letting their secondary go. Like, they needed to draft defensive backs last year in order to field a team. <laughs> this year, not so much. So it's fascinating to think that there's really no direction that I don't think they could go in. Did he give you any idea of the tender on David Irving? 
Uh, he said that they're going to talk to that. They want David back on the team, but um, he he said they're not going to divulge it at all, which at some point they have to. But uh, they they have not revealed which round they want to put on him yet. Okay, it's either one or two. Let's talk about, too, something that we saw today late in the day was uh, Shaquille Griffin yeah. and the bench press. Shaquem. Shaquem, excuse me. Shaquille's Sha- his brother. Shaquille's right, right, his brother. Right. I, I, yeah, Griffin. I need all you got. Uh, I need all you talk got. about that today, though. That was something, you, you know, I mean, we uh, – The only time he Come used on. the prosthetic on. Yeah. on the Come bench. On. It's amazing. Come on. Put up 20 reps. Go, 20 reps, go, which is more than any of other players here. Yeah. Really impressive, and you know it's it's just the bench press. You know we we can't overrate what the bench press is, but it just goes to the larger point about what the competitor is, how much energy he brings to the field. Uh, energy he brings to anything he's doing. Right, uh, it's really he's really an impressive person and an impressive player, and that's why. You know, you fell in love with them. You yeah. Give me a second. Yeah. And, you know, what? We, we love him in the fourth round. And just find sure. a way to get him on the team and he'll sure. make a contribution and, you know, help our team win a football game. So, yeah, eager to see him tomorrow in drill, see how he does. I'm expecting a big day for him. It, yeah, me too. It, it seems like wherever we go, he's one of the big stories, and he deserves it with everything that he's overcome and how he continues to play at a high level and compete at a high level. Measured in at 6003-227, 32-8 and on the arms and 9 on the hand. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a fun thought for you, Brian, um, which, unfortunately, he's such a he's such a great guy. and I think. By like, the way, he did one more rep than Tremaine Edmonds. That's amazing. <laughs> did six more reps than Orlando Brown. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I think a lot of teams are going to feel this way because, sure. because he's such a you know he's such a great guy. He's a great he's, guy. Yeah. But hey, he's a good football player too. You always talk about how confidently you can draft when your GM's the owner of the team. Right. He's he's the proverbial right kind of guy. He's got the good enough tape to justify a draft spot. And you're talking about a team that has supreme confidence in its decisions because the general manager owns the team. So. He's not going to fire the GM. I yep. certainly wouldn't. I mean, I can very easily talk myself into the Cowboys falling in love with this guy. Not you know, not as their starting Mike, but as yeah. like, they got ten picks. Yeah. yeah well, they, why not? If they're if they're hunting wide receivers, and like Dane was giving the nugget earlier, they're probably hunting linebackers too. They need to be. Yeah. And then tomorrow is uh, which, is that day for the linebacker. Uh, you know, I I really liked that question from Peyton. Yeah. Wait, I, I think I'd probably double up on linebacker in this draft. Um, if you know, if I'm the Cowboys, I don't. What do you think? I think if you could find it, yeah, you're gonna. It, it's when's your when's your double in the compensatory start? That's fourth round. Fourth round. Fourth. Yeah. Uh, they pick twice in the fourth and twice in the fifth. Yeah. So maybe maybe you double up in the fourth on those linebackers would be the ideal. I mean, probably not going to get. Depends on who's there at, uh, you know, you could convince me to pick a linebacker at 19 if the right one was there. I would try to pick one with a premium pick, like first, second, or third right. round, and then I would try to find a special teams type Shaquem Griffin guy on, you know, late on day three. And we're going to get a lot of numbers this week and all that. You can't put a number on what he brings to a locker room. Sure. Uh, that is something in itself. Jason that, Garrett's going to fall in love with that, too. Oh, dude. yeah. There's absolutely. no doubt in my and, mind. Uh, you. Introduce him to the locker room, and it's going to be a better locker room for it. Now, you don't draft him just because of that. Right. You know, or you don't overdraft him oh, just because of that. Oh, you watch the tape, that. and he's making plays. That's right. what you draft him for. But when, you know, in the fourth round, when maybe there's some other, there's a good wide receiver you like, there's this, that might be the difference why you take a player like that because of what he brings to the locker room, the intangibles. Uh, that Him setting that type of example of playing with that heart and passion 
that rubs off on uh, the rest of the team, and that'll play well in the locker room as well. So that's something that we won't have a number for, but is, should be heavily considered in the draft process. Guys, as we leave Indianapolis for another year, just uh, kind of give me a thought or two about things you've heard, things you've seen, things you didn't expect, something you, you did expect, uh, just something that can kind of uh, uh, just, uh, like I say, put a bow on our, our time here as we, as we spent. Well, we expected Saquon Barkley to perform really well, and he did. Uh, and the great thing is, is we still have plenty more positions to go. We we haven't yep. seen the defensive yet. Uh, right. No defensive player has tested yet, uh, yep. except for the bench press. Got Saturday mon- or Sunday and Monday for that. Today, Harrison Phillips, 42 in the bench press. Right. Nita Vea, 41. Two ridiculous numbers. Yep. Great numbers for both. Um but I'm eager to see Vita Vea. I think he's going to put on a show. Some of these corners, uh, Denzel Ward came in basically 5'11", uh, 5'10", and 7 eighths. Mm-hmm. Good length, longer arms than Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the size is not a, a worry for me with Denzel Ward. Uh, he came in much bigger than we expected. Sure. And I think he's going to run in the 4'3". Um, Dante Jackson, LSU, he might run in the 4'2". Uh, so we have plenty of guys who we have plenty of workout warriors so far. We're going to have more the next two days uh, with the defensive linemen and linebackers and then a the defensive back. So uh, it's been a fun week doing the offense. Still have a lot more to go with the defense. David? Uh, even, even including the year when they were picking fourth overall, I've never – I've never been more intrigued by, like, all the possibilities that lay in front of this team. And, like, from from evaluating draft guys, uh, getting a closer look at them here, and then talking to team officials, I think this is going to be uh, the most interesting spring that we've seen here in a while. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you know, they're going to sign all these crazy deals and, like, pull a Giants and go spend $200 million in free agency. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's just stuff this team's going to have to do in the next month, whether that's Des Bryant, that's whether yeah. that's filling some holes in free agency. Uh, the, the Zach Martin and Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving contract situations are all hanging out there, and they have to get resolved probably sooner rather than later. Uh, and then you've got ten picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I mean, yes, every team has holes, but the holes on this team are not as glaring as they have been in the past. So one way or another – uh, I think you can really significantly improve this team by drafting well this year. Um, and so, you know, starting when we get back and going until when the draft's over, like I said, I think it's going to be about as active and interesting at two months as we've had here in the last, you know, in the time that I've covered the team. I really think that. Jerry Jones said the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl, Super Bowl clearly raised the bar yeah. for this football team. And I, I think you're going to see a sense of urgency absolutely. from this team. Mm-hmm. I think that now it's uh, all the things that – Dave and, and, and Dane have said about this team, whether it's the draft, free agency, Des Bryant stuff, that Philadelphia Eagles winning this championship did. It got a lot of people's attention in that front office. So, again, they're going to have to have an outstanding draft. They're going to have to make some decisions on free agency. And if they bottom fish on some free agents, they better find a way not to miss on those guys. That's one thing the Philadelphia Eagles were very good at last year is they hit on some of those guys, and the Cowboys can't afford to miss. Got some dead money in that category right now, and they don't need to have any of that anymore. So should be an interesting uh, season as we, uh, as we head along. The, we're running out of days. We're getting close to the draft. Uh, thanks for everybody hanging out with us while we're here in Indianapolis. Thanks for all the questions, the tweets. Thanks for hanging out on Periscope, everything you do for us. We'll be back next week at our SWBC Mortgage Studios for more of the draft show. So you guys stay tuned.